Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Astrology. And we have Michael Bartlett back. Yay! Yeah. Hello, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were just joking about my um, the hair. Like you, <laughs> I mean, this is not the first time we talked about this, but this this cowlick here. It's like you can track the transits of Uranus by my hair. And Michael, what was that you said about the bull? It's because so, you know, with Uranus and Taurus, it's like it's it's like the bull pretending to be a unicorn. You know, it's kind of very interesting. <laughs> so for you, it's just I love it because it's like such a trademark feature. I love seeing like your your pieces show. Up. It's like oh, I wonder what channels we're going to be receiving today. <laughs> right, it's like always changing. Right? You never have it. the same hairstyle. <laughs> so that's the fun with with Uranus in, uh, in, in Taurus and uh, squaring up, right, it's sitting on my Mars, by the way, right now, like as we speak. So I've had some, a pretty cool breakthrough today, right before I talk to you. But anyway, what we're here to talk about today, I'm so excited because Michael texted me the other day and he shows me this, he published a book. I'm like, oh my God, he goes, look at this. And I, and, and, and I, I was like, oh my God, we have to have you on the podcast. This is cool. And I'm gonna pull up the, the book for you so you can see brand new book on Amazon. And uh, let's see, I'm going to share my screen. And where did that go? Oh, sorry. Uh, let me pull that up again. I, I, there it is. Okay. Now I can, now I can do it. Uh, share screen. And it is dun, da, 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 astrological mavericks. Do you have what it takes to change the world? So Michael has a lot of planets in Virgo, as you can see here with the detail on the, the book covers. This is a thousand, this is a big book, Michael, a thousand pages. Oh my God. How many people, how many, how many people, like Chris Brennan wrote 700 pages and I, I'm lugging that thing around. It's like a phone book in my, in my Hellenistic astrology course. You are a thousand pages, um, 11 planets. So what the um the premise of this book i know you go ahead and tell us you know how why did you write this book and uh, what what propelled you to write this book sure so um interestingly enough it's kind of like a bunch of different kind of series of events that happened one is um i think some of the main ones one was having working with an astrologer here in santa fe named um uh, tom brady not to be confused with the football player um, <laughs> who was born with saturn on his ascendant and when he was born, um, he was taken, he was born early. So they put him in an incubator, separating from his mom, Saturn on the Ascendant, right? So I started looking at that and started kind of hearing anecdotally a lot of individuals um, who had planets on their Ascendant and how that affected their birth literally kind of marked them or gave them kind of a signature from birth onward and how mm. also people perceive them. Learned about Michelle Gogolin's work, uh, you know, the Mars effect, you know, where Mars place in any of these four quadrants, which, you know, we'll kind of get into in just in a second, tend to be these ones where individuals would show up as being uh, more like athletic, say like Olympic star kind of quality in that kind of sense or something you really know them for. And so I just, after learning about that, and then I have Mars in my mid heaven in Virgo. I don't have any fire whatsoever in my chart. I am Sagittarius rising though. I have to admit that. Um, so I do appear very fiery, but through meeting um, a, and one talk with at an astrology conference, uh, a person was kind of reflecting back to me like all the red that I have in me. And he says, you know, you're kissed by Mars. You know, I think you remember you, you saying something like that and you giggled about it. And it's like, you know, this red kiss kind of that keeps happening, you know, what I saw over and over again with it. So I just thought, you know, well, if it's happening with the ascendant, if I'm seeing it happen with the midheaven, 
well, these, since these are polarities, then the other polarity should be affected as well. So I went through and I just simply made a listing of each planet through all the signs on each angle. So sun through all the signs on the ascendant, sun on all the signs on the IC, sun through all the, and then just did that, and then went into solar fire and did a search by each one and got people whose births, um, birth charts had that sort of a placement and wow. just a purposefully kept it to the same sign i have to admit just for simplicity's sake because i figured the yeah. my original theory was the um, archetype should be very clearly presented and we should know these individuals for them right you know in that sort of a sense so right. i started doing it and it's just like and like i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now because like each time i do them i just go like oh my god you can't make this up like one example is like mc hammer mm -hmm. you know the singer from the from the 90s i guess i don't know sure. dating ourselves maybe but you know his song was like you know you can't touch this you know do 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 you know this kind of stuff his he was born with the sun in aries on his midheaven mc hammer <laughs> I love it. Oh, cosmic joke. <laughs> right, and exactly. And that's what's so funny with them. Like over and over again, I got to see these examples. Or the other thing that was kind of interesting was these areas in which these individuals, because um, what I found is that these energies just need to be expressed. And so if you're not being reflected in a proper way, you're not maybe going to reflect those energies in the right way. So you have individuals who like Ted Bundy, one of my favorite examples is Ted Bundy, Richard Carpenter, and Michelle Gogolin. They all have Mercury in Scorpio on the IC. Ted Bundy and, um, and uh, Richard Carpenter have stelliums on their IC and see what the difference is in how each of them. Ted Bundy went around as was a serial killer killing women. Sure. And incidentally, he had Venus and Mercury retrograde. Richard Carpenter, who wrote the songs like, you know, never last a day without you and, you know, rainy days and Mondays, you know, all these really kind of sappy, sad, depressive songs, Venus and Venus, Mercury and Jupiter in Scorpio on the IC. Mm, wow, that's fascinating. So the difference in how people work with it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the shadow and the light. <clears throat> By the way, for any of you new to astrology and don't want to know what an angle is, it's like when you cut the chart up like a like a pie in fours each of the angles but what, what um michael's referring to is the first house the fourth house the seventh house and the tenth house so the first house being the personality and the, the physical body and <clears throat> um all of that you know the self-image and then the fourth house being like home and uh one's roots you know like one's genealogy the foundation of one's life um, and metaphorically, as well as, you know, actual, and then seventh house being the, the, well, sometimes people call it the marriage house, but it's about how we connect with others, one-to-one -one relationships. So that could be business partner, marriage partner, you know, a relationship, or even like therapy where you're one-to-one -one with somebody. And then the 10th house is the career. It's often associated with career and one's public reputation, one's standing. So it's funny when you said MC Hammer, you know, hammer is Aries, you know, it's about hammers, right? And then here, his name is, you cannot make this up, right? Exactly. That's what was like, <laughs> like kept cracking up. And thank you so much for bringing in the, the information about the angles, because the angles, what's really crucial, what's so important and really um, that not, I mean, basically since the 1940s, maybe, but really since the 1960s, 
Before that, it wasn't very often that individuals had their actual birth time. And in order to be able That's to actually true. find the angles of the chart, which include the ascendant, because the ascendant is basically the sign that's rising on the eastern horizon at the moment you're born, that degree that you see right out there. And so, you know, without the exact time, there's no way of knowing it. So my book doesn't, my book only goes back certain so far, except right. for those individuals of royalty and very high noble birth right. or religious birth who actually were tracked in that sort of a way. You know, right. and those people are also very interesting in their own right. But um, but yeah, it shows so much because so it's this angular thing. So like with with Gogolans, he talked about the four sectors, like what you said. And with this, it's, it's like with there are a few of the astrological house systems, like we call them, like, say, Placidus or Cope or Regimianus or Porphyry, porphyry, yeah, porphyry, 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 or yeah, porphyry. <laughs> Sounds like a Greek pastry. You and I, you, you and I do whole sign, which is really great. I think, I think of Placidus and Coke is really great for using for psychological understandings or kind of seeing understanding the psychological makeup of an individual. But in no house system I've ever seen do the angles change. So what's important to understand is. While in some of those house systems, like especially like Coke and Placidus, the Ascendant, the IC, the Descendant, and the MC signify the beginning of the first house, the fourth house, and seventh, and the tenth house, as you said, respectively. In whole sign, they are simply sensitive points within the sign. And where I think that's really super important, and where this book is also really helpful for individuals who don't have planets on their angle is anyone I find that even just has planets in the same sign as their angle. This is what whole signs teach us. There's a resonance pattern, right? You know, so if you have an angle in the same sign as a planet, even though they aren't touching, say by conjunction or something, they're in the same, in the same room. So it's like, you know, if your brother or your sister is playing a video game on one side of the room and you're reading a book, you know, your siblings in there doing that, right? So there's right. this, there's something going on within that. And that's what I like about whole sign houses. Whereas yeah. the other signs, you know, are correcting for a second century mistranslation of Ptolemy, which separated the signs and the houses. And now we have all these, I think, 26 house systems to try and make up for that. But I think I, I like to look at it as being various lenses that help us see different aspects of humanity through, you know, because yeah, like, you know, I know the, the evolutionary astrologers, I know, like using a particular one and EA, I mean, and then also um, Uranian astrologers like to use a certain one. So, I mean, each one has kind of a, what I like to see is kind of like a perspective that helps view it in a certain way. Right. And, you know, it's interesting with um, when people learning astrology um, that you think, oh, well, of course, my sun, my moon, my rising. Oh, yes, of course. The, I always say it's like the three pillars of well, I would say a bar stool, you could get drunk on astrology, but those three pillars, you know, and then you build it out from there. But, but um, there, what, if you, if you do have planets in first, fourth, seventh, or 10th, um, as, as my uh, teacher Tudor likes to say, is those planets speak with a megaphone in those charts. So it may not even be in your sun, moon, or rising, but that planet can be very loud in the affairs of what happens in your, in your path, your destiny. And, you know, I, I I love that because you know what, what 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 I found so striking getting into astrology was how few astrologers. I'm so thankful that your teacher taught you that because very few astrologers, other than using them, like I said, as entryways to a house system, they don't really ever 
there's there's a certain resonance about it. Alan Leo back in the day, you know, said that you know you can talk about these angular planets as almost being um, um, cardinal in their way. You know, they like my partner was reading the book the other day, and he's like, he's he says, oh, and he has in it, you know, angular planets, and he said, you know, it's like this thing of like we can't help but express that. And I was like, yeah, that's the way that I kept feeling over and over and over again, like. When someone told me like that I'm really Martian, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not pushy, I'm not pushy. But it's like, I've had so many people in my life like say back off, back off or stop or whatever. And it's like, I'm very persistent. I have Mars in Virgo on my midheaven, sextile a Scorpio moon. Uh, kind of gonna get what I want, but you know, sometimes other people don't like that. Or I'll kill you. No, I just I'm going to kill you with kindness, though, because I'm going to serve you. You know, what is it yes. you, you want? And, you know, because that's and, and book, that's one of the things books that and writing. that. Sorry. Books and writing. You wrote this book, Virgo, right? It's all about communication. I know it's funny because a friend of mine at one point when I was telling him that I was doing this, his eyes got really super big. And he says, and I'm like, what? And he says, do you understand what a resource this will be for astrology? Because it's really fun. I mean, so say you have Venus in Aquarius on your IC or Venus in Aquarius anywhere. You can go through. And what's nice about this is most astrology books you get is it's basically a, a twofold process, right? They kind of put the sign planet in a way that kind of repeats itself, right? So it's like they, you, they redo the sign and the house in a way that kind of makes it redundant. But what's nice about this is this is 48 examples of each of the planet through each of the signs, through each of the angles, using anecdotal, so meaning stories from people's lives. I especially loved obituaries because it was such a great way to get an overview of a person, but songs, um, parts that people have played, um, things that people have said about them that were mm -hmm. just so iconic it and for which we really it. know about them that um, that we'd have to go like, oh my God, you know, of course that makes sense. And so yeah. then what we get to see is that there is this really powerful archetypal way in which we are these expressions of it. And how how can we allow ourselves to embrace our maverick qualities without it being um, something that scares people off? Because what I found too is that most people have, who if you're if you are a maverick individual, you tend to have mavericks in your life because most people can't really kind of handle this. Like one of the things that I get told all the time is you're too intense, you're too intense, you're too intense. You know, Scorpio Moon in the twelfth house. Yeah, <laughs> you're funny. Too yeah. intense. <laughs> I don't know if I can help it, but well, but it's like it, this thing of like it's but it's finding people who are strong enough who can meet you and celebrate us all for being as big as we can be to in a healthy way. Yeah, well, let's let's just pause there and just let's define what Maverick means and why you, the title of your book, Astrological Mavericks. So like, what is an, to you, what is an astrological maverick? And let's look at the etymology of that word mm -hmm. and then how you apply that. So the word itself means, um, comes from the 19th century, basically out here in the West of the United States where, um, and there's a couple of, a few, there's one that who was an individual with the last name of Maverick, who was a rancher and who did not brand his cattle on purpose. The idea at that time was if the cattle is branded, it is owned by someone, Right. it shows ownership, but if you're unbranded, you're not owned. 
So mm -hmm. his idea was why go through, if everyone else is branding their cattle, why, why do I need to brand mine? Kind of an interesting reverse. Like an unbrand. Right, right. so unbranded. So, and then there's the idea of um, that the branding is this, is, is that uh, if you come across a calf that's unbranded and it comes onto your property, you can brand it and also make it your own. So it's this very interesting thing. Like one of the words, one of the ways I expressed it in the um, in the book was that some of us are walking billboards for the planets without really knowing it. Yeah, and that's like the that. closest I can kind of knowing how it is for me because I think because of my Scorpio twelfth house, Neptune and Moon, there's this part of me that's really incredibly private, but then there's yeah. this Mars part of me that just is and Sag rising that's always pushing me out, always pushing me out, always pushing me out. Mm -hmm. And so people are just like, oh my God, you're too, and like, but they don't see all the time that I'm really just like, you know, oh good, I don't have to be around people. <laughs> right, <laughs> go into my man cave, exactly. <laughs> my 12th house man cave. <laughs> Not even a cave, it's an underwater cave, it's Scorpio, baby, we got underwater. Yeah, I do have Saturn and Chiron in the fourth, so, you know, my IC, so it's, it's you know, I like to be you know, set, set up down in here in the, I'm actually down in my basement or my downstairs of my house. So it's really nice. I'm kind of underground, which is a really wonderful feeling. But what's also so exciting about this is, I don't know, like, so I looked around and saw that no astrologers were really addressing this. And then like, because you have to like talk about things in astrology that enough people have, you know, if you get into things like, you know, people have like grand sextiles or, you know, grand trines, you know, there aren't as many people of those sort of things. But if you get in this thing where like 40 to 60% of the population have it, it's, it, it generates interest. And that was kind of like the thing that excited me about it. And then also every month, all of us by transit have the moon hitting our, our angles. Right. And I don't know about for you, but most of the time that when people come and see me for astrological work, it's when planets are hitting those angles by transit or by progression. And so this is another really wonderful thing is you can go into these into this book, whether you have planets in that sign, whether you have planets transiting your angles or those signs of your angles or by progression, you can go and see what did other individuals do with this particular energy? How can I use this as a way to express because I think what the, one of the really big key things for us as astrologers is to be theme finders, reminders, and cheerleaders for individuals. Oh, say that again. I love that. <laughs> there were theme finders, theme reminders, and cheerleaders for others to remind them of their beautiful divine light. I know how many times I was shamed for how big my energy was. I know how many oh. times that because I've been around people who are really super sensitive, they don't perceive my sensitivity because they perceive this outer energy. And it's, it's hard, it's shaming because it makes us not feel like it's okay. And the other thing that is bittersweet that as you read some of these stories is how do people deal with those energies these individuals have? And also for some of us, like, you know, how do we integrate within ourselves? We're not here to be operating in a way that other people really understand. Like one of the things that I saw over and over again, is like, we understand what the rules are, but we don't necessarily want to abide by them. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a certain sort of a freedom, like an inherent freedom in it. It's like the governor's removed and it allows us this different form of expression but it's not like that we're allowed. It's like this interesting thing of like where society is saying, no, 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 don't do that. And there's this force of nature literally coming through us that is saying, I have to express this energy. And I think that's where the personality, the soul, society, 
all those different parts of us are kind of like in battle with one another to find out, okay, what is my truth? What is society's truth? And how do I make it work in a way that everyone wins? Because that's really how it has to go. Right, yeah. And that when you think about the angles, I know that um, Achuta mentions that it's like a pivot, a turning point. You know, these are, these are the most dynamic areas of the chart. You know, this is where things move forward and change direction. So yeah, there these planets have megaphones or loudspeakers or bulls. I love that. <laughs> I love that expression, the idea with the megaphone. It's just, it's so, it, it just really, it, it says so much. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mar like you have, you said you have Mars in Virgo, you have a stellium yeah. in Virgo on the, uh, in your, uh, next to Mars and, and some other planets and it's all right there in your 10th house. Yeah, so it's, yeah, like you said, the astrologer said, oh, you have the red tinged skin, your Mars, like in here. Well, you know, when you said that, Michael, um, I, I read that in, in, your, in, your, um, in your book and, it, and I, I thought about my dad because he had a very florid complexion and we don't have a birth time for him. So, you know, I, I don't know rising sign. Maybe but you can go back and, and see when it's on one of his angles. Literally, I would look at maybe his midheaven or his, especially his ascendant, of course. And then do some progression or transit, a couple transits or a couple progression work, and you'll know immediately if it lines up with what his what his life was. Do you know what, what I mean? Yeah, it's like really, yeah, it's kind of a quick rectification way. A quickie, quickie rectification. Okay, because I've never formally. I'm going to be studying it next year. I'm in oh, year perfect. two of the nightlight, but um, and the last subject we cover is rectification. So mm. I figured, you know what? I'll wait, and I, I never um. I very little dabbled in it, um, but I'm I'm uh, going to wait until we I have the formal training in that. But I like this. This is a quick way. If you don't have your birth time to rectify, is can you say that again? How how to well, if you look and see like what um, oh rectification. You know, by the way, if excuse yeah, me, if, in case those who don't know what that term means, rectification is when you don't have a birth time, and we we as astrologers can uh, often like um, kind of like reverse engineer, figuring out from one's physical appearance the events in one's life, like if you had children or somebody died or you know, whatever, good and bad, all kinds of events and things, and then kind of backtrack from there and ascertain what that ascendant might be. So in my case of my dad, he, you know, um, he, uh, they, they didn't have the birth times in, in that generation really at all. So um, I don't know, I just know his son and I know where the planets are, but I, I'd love to, it'd be fun to rectify his chart. But what were you saying about that? Thank you for letting me say that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like, um, so one of the things like, you know, so maybe the person was rather large. I would look to see, you know, Jupiter in the first house, Jupiter somewhere right around the ascendant, um, someone who's really super skinny or had separation issues, you know, throughout their life, Saturn, um, you know, each of the planets has their own ways in which they literally kiss the individual and again it's like i think the closer it is to the planet oh and that was sorry thank you that was the other thing i've been wanting to say all along um so generally in astrology we look at seeing the sign of the ascendant that the planet that rules that is being the ruler of the chart right now what i really perceive as being ruler maybe ruler of the chart or at least co-ruler right up there in power thing as far as what you were kind of saying in the beginning like the three-legged stool so to speak is you know when there's a plan on the angle i would place that up there in importance too 
Big because time. it's like there's something it, it's just like you said it's so megaphone-ish that it's like that's the fourth leg that gives it a little bit of stability and you're like oh i know what i'm dealing with <laughs> right yeah and it gives you another layer another rich depth of you know who is this person exactly I, I that's a lot of work that you did 528 that's a lot how long did it take you to write that you know, I was trying to think of when I started doing this. I want to say it was right around 2015, 2017. Wow. And I did a first version. And I got to Saturn and I was, I don't know, there was just something. I had some little weird anxiety about wanting to birth it. So I did, I birthed one saying it was the classical planets. The first review on Amazon was someone who got so upset because I guess they had more planets after Saturn that were on it and they didn't realize they were getting the wrong book. And so they were angry and said, it, they gave me a bad review for that. <laughs> So now I feel like, oh, good. Now the work is done. I actually had it done by, I had a professional proofreader and editor go through it and really clean it up. So it's a lot more smoothly. I realized that I had missed a few spots in the very beginning, but this now has all the planets plus Chiron. So sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto um, on each of the angles. So it gives a little brief description. And for the most part, almost every single one of them has at least one some of them have as many as 15 or 20. Oh my gosh, when I got into Pluto and Leo, right? <laughs> that generation, oh my gosh, it's like, and I had to like basically say, you know, and here's like 15 other people you can look up as well. Right. This is about the a special book just for Pluto and Leo. <laughs> wow, that is so cool. Megaphones. So do you have what it takes to change the world? So by looking at this book and seeing people throughout history as examples of these planetary combinations, people can get a feel for that and say, oh, okay, so uh, good guidance, you know, for better or worse, like you don't want to be Ted Bundy, you know, <laughs> it's like, where Hopefully am I? Not. <laughs> I'm not here to support that, by the way, I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> right. Um, but I do want to be, uh, you know, um, the Olympic, uh, you know, Michael Phelps or something, or, you know, so, um, yeah, so there, that's a really good, uh, those are really cool guidelines. And I love, you know, that's actually how I learned astrology. I, mostly I was self-taught. I've had three teachers, Achute is my fourth teacher. Um, but the, um, but really I learned just by I would look at my chart and I'd be like, wow, that's fascinating. I want to learn that one little nugget, you know, Jupiter conjunct, whatever. And, and then I would go and burrow in on the internet and I would just read everything I could possibly know. And, and, I, and just by knowing and having those examples that, you know, in articles, they'd say people who have this placement, you know, Catherine Hepburn, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, oh, oh, and that is, that is so valuable. Even for a, an advanced astrologer, it's just really rich. And if you're just new to astrology, this book will help you because it it just opens so much. It really opens the doors. It does. And the other thing that's also funny sometimes is, is I don't know if you find this sometimes is you, you know, you, there are these individuals throughout history who you just have this resonance with. And you're like, why do I have this resonance? And then you oh, read right. some of these and you're like, oh my God, no wonder why I have this resonance. You know, they're working with that same archetype. You know, because these right. are all planetary needs, right? These are these planets need to be expressed. And when you've got a bullhorn, you're basically saying, hello, everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Roar. Right. The bullhorn is like the Mars. <laughs> the angle is like a Mars if you go to put a planet on it. Hello. <laughs> so, I yeah. Mean, the scary part, like for a lot of people, um, I don't know, like Alan Oaken, I worked with him for a long time and he has plants on an angle and he has, 
But he also has Pluto on his um, north node. And it's like, he has this way, he says, you know, I usually will ask someone, oh, can you hand me that piece of paper? He says, but how they hear it is, go jump out of that window. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Pluto power thing. <laughs> yeah. Go jump out of yeah. He's <laughs> so the book is available on Amazon um, and Kindle, which I really kind of, Kindle, Amazon, of course, and then um, Apple, EPUB, if you need. Um, I like the electronic version in a way, first of all, because it's not it's not killing like 14 trees and, and you don't have to worry about how heavy it is when you walk around with it. And also it's neat, you can put in searches for keywords and you can find groups of things. It's also really reasonable, mm. it's 9.95 or 9.99. The paperback mm. version is 49.95. I mean, it's, but it's one of those things I think people are gonna wanna just like, you know, wear out. I, I bought a bunch of copies because I can't wait to just like start digging in it and having fun with it. Because it's, it's such, it's so, I love sharing with individuals, others who reflect what they're here to learn about, right? And it, when it's someone like who we know so strongly and that reflects this part of ourselves that maybe wasn't reflected by our family or our friends or neighborhood or society, but, but we have that in us. It's like, we need that recognition on a certain level. Yeah. Oh, it's just so nice to be fed in that way right to be seen like yeah. you, know, you being here on this like being you know having an audience and being able to share the wisdom and being of service right because yes. like yeah. what I hear for you saying about what's nice about self-taught and I'm the same way is um, Virgo is all of that resourcefulness it wants all those little bits of information so that anyone that comes to us for need or for help we just sit there I like it. it's like we have this big buffet table like what do you want you know do you want some do you want some salad? Do you want some knockverse? Do you want some, you know, steak or, you know, oh, you're vegan. Okay. Let's get you some of this over here. Or, oh, you just only eat this. Well, let's have this over here. But it's like, we build all these things so we can be of service on this great resourceful way to help others move along. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's one of the, um, the greatest things about um, astrology is that, and I, what I found for myself, and then I see it so many, you know, all the time in, in my practice is um, that people are we're validated that you don't feel weird or what what was you know and I used to think what's wrong with me why do I da 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 and then you see it spelled out and you're like oh god no wonder or no wonder that's loud in my life no no wonder and and it's not like I'm bad and wrong you know so you can finally feel like this boulder taken off your chest like it's okay in fact it's like you I said I love when you said earlier it's to be celebrated it's a great that's a great important word in astrology yeah, I mean, right? I think, to celebrate these things when i think you know like how how nice it would have been for my parents to have had an astrological reading when i was born i mean for me especially i mean for who i am i'm a very complex my chart's really kind of actually very complex but just if you just take just the scorpio moon part like when I went to funerals, I mean, the ways in which that I would express and it would flip everyone out, but it's like, I tied into that Mars. I couldn't help, but I mean, I would do primal screen, you know, oh my God, you did primal screaming at funerals. Holy moly. They yeah, knew that, you were you know, here. Like, that does, doesn't really go over well in Catholic funerals where you're supposed to uh, spend them proper. And <laughs> no, no, no. In, in Ireland, they had these people there were women the keeners you know they would wail and that was supposed to assist them through so you were actually doing hey that moon in scorpio right it was assisting people through to the other side to 
I was, I was doing it. I think I was doing it for everyone in the room as well as the person on the other side. And, and since, I mean, I've done a lot of, 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 of that as well and a lot more conscious way. But as a kid, it used to be just so like, oh, wow. the sense of loss and not understanding really quite what it was. But, but in your, and then level. you discover years later in your astrology chart, like there it is. And if only my parents knew they could, you know, hopefully they understand their, their, their child better because they could see the design of, of you was this right. particular expression and exactly. it's like not yeah although it does still create uh you know upset at funerals you know <laughs> it's like okay uh yeah but uh wow <laughs> i can't imagine but maybe the keening is really i'm just thinking it's like if the soul left the body and was kind of wandering around in the astral plane and they needed to go to the light it's like oh oh that, that oh let me get out of here i give that annoying voice you know <laughs> i don't know if it's true but i just have to be silly right i'm the, I'm the <laughs> I I love it. I love it. get him uh, out of here <laughs> exactly uh, oh my god so um so where we find it is on amazon right yeah, on Amazon. And if people go to my website, coremichael.com, my most recent um, article on there has a little blurb on where it is. And um, you can also go to your local bookstore. I've got the ISBN number on there. Um, and you can order it that way or Kindle, you know, whichever, of course, that you wish to do. Um, Yay. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me. But yeah, I'm, I'm really super excited. I'm looking forward to getting it promoted. I think it's it's just, just going to be one of those... Um, must have resource books <laughs> yeah it's so and it's so much fun too to it's not some boring it's easy to read by the way i just it reads real easy and it's fun it's accessible to and it's it's just fun to just dive in and get really nerdy with yeah i just love those books where you can just nerd out on all these you know combos and it's like oh 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 wait, that was my mother-in-law oh this is, I, loved, I loved it when a friend of mine was reading it and, she, and she's oh my god she's like and here you say it because i'm i'm a little cheeky in some of the things i say you know like i'll be I'll like in the beginning i'll say like a little bit of brief thing about an explanation about what the placement is likely to mean and then i'll have a bunch of different examples and then i'll um and then i usually have something that'll summarize it or something you know like something kind of cheeky at the end but it's cheeky it's, you know, it's oh of... it's cheeky it's a cheeky <laughs> astrology book how fun is that oh my god even exactly. more fun. But I don't know about you, but I, I was a psych major in, in, in college. And what I loved about the most about psych classes were the case studies, because it really made it, it there was a resonance. And so these, these this book is basically one huge big case study for astrology. You know, oh, so I like, love you know, it. like a cookbook, yeah. you know, it's like if then, but like not just that simplicity of um of a cookbook recipe that just uses 24 but you know 48 examples and the nuances especially when you get into the outer planets I mean from you know that was what I really think but I, I'm kind of glad I broke it up into two parts because like once you get into the transpersonal into you know into the Chiron the Uranus the Neptune and the Pluto the depth and range of expression really shows based on the consciousness of the individuals involved mm, yeah it's a whole other ball game there it's a whole <laughs> integrating those is a whole different life work right i mean and and yeah. the, be honest i mean what i have to say i mean i was told i was a um, adhd as a kid i was given ritalin you know mars in the midheaven you know when you think about it the ways in which you know how does a child embody that energy 
right? I mean, for me, like I realized like for me, that was a lot of energy. And when I see these individuals with three, four, five, six planets on their angles, like that's like having like a right? going through your system all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's really going to make your hair stand up. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Look at this. Uranus in my 10th house, by the way. So yes. There it um, is, right? There's a, the, your, the person, your professional, how people see you, how the public sees you. I mean, I love it. It's exactly right. It's great. How the public sees, yeah. Um, I am a maverick. I'm a maverick. Well, actually, yeah. it depends on what house system you use, but yes. Um, but yeah, you're on, it's either in the 10th, it depend, you know, whole sign houses, it's actually the 11th house. But hey, my friends see me as that, <laughs> and my colleagues and everyone. But um, yeah, no, that's exciting. I'm so glad you, um, you texted me that picture. That is so cool. Yeah. Anything you want to say about, um, what about like, I'm just, I'm just curious, what was, was there any of the famous people that you studied, what was the one, if, can you think of any that really stood out that maybe surprised you or? or anything just just curious yeah actually um so the whole premise of the book right is that these are individuals who are real mavericks well the question is can you be a maverick in life without planets on your angle on any of your angles and the answer is bill gates uh, yeah and steve jobs wow but steve jobs i believe Either Steve or Bill, and I can't remember which one of the two of them have a planet in the same sign as one of their angles, but still, basically, they're not, you know, that. So it's not. But what I would be interested in seeing is when they had their great aha moments. Mm -hmm. Was yeah, that yeah. when there was one of the big, one of the, especially one of the outer planets on transits to the angles, right? That's definitely an aha moment, right? So if you have no planets in those angles, don't worry, you know, the moon zips by there every few days and you got those outers and it, we're always going to have it activated even if it's not natal. Yeah. I and mean, that's what's really, I mean, that's, I think what's really so nice. It's what's nice about it is this isn't, it's, it isn't a, an exclusive club we're talking about right but it, but if a person doesn't have planets in those angles they can still be inspired because they can see these people maybe they'll find people that they revere they can look them up in the book and and they'll find like wow you know and when when a planet so that kind of gives them a little hint if you've got a, a venus or a whatever a jupiter that's crossing um, they could say, hey, you know, it gives them a little flavor about that. And it could, it, it could really inspire people. Like if it's not natally, it's by transit. So that's so cool. I it, hope so. Cool. That's, the, that's the goal is inspire, inspiration, right? <laughs> inspire, right. You have it, it takes to change the world. Let us show you some examples and then plug your own chart in and exactly. see where, yeah. I love and that. For those of you who don't have access to an astrology program and who don't, you know, have, um, uh, you know, a, a means of getting to it real easy. Astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com is a free website. They're yeah. really great. Um, I'm sure, I don't know, Irliana, I'm sure you've shared with others some sites that you recommend. Yes, or... I love, I love Astro.com. Um, as a matter of fact, I can show people in case anybody's, a lot of people new to astrology here on this channel or just um, learning, you know, a lot of people being clients or they have a familiarity, but they, they want to learn more. So um, I can show you what, this is astro.com's website and it's Swiss, the Swiss. I mean, you talk about pre Virgo precision. I mean, is that a Virgo country or what? You know, <laughs> the Swiss. 
uh, really wonderful Astro Dienst, but uh, you wouldn't have to, it's just astro.com. And you go to this little area here where it says, um, well, it says log out for my Astro, or you, I think there's a place where it says, uh, create a chart, a free chart. It's some, somewhere here, free horoscopes or, yeah, you can just bounce around. Um, but, and then if you ever wanna know, where's the weather? What's the weather like right now? You right, This little right here, current planets, and there it is. And you'll see exactly. So here's our Virgo fest. We have Mercury, Yay. Venus, and Mars. Oh, Mercury can closely, close to Mars and Venus is still there. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of talk about books <laughs> in our books and being tidy and health. And uh, as Mercury opposes, let me, let me um, just ask you, you know, as Mercury is going to come into an opposition in a few days, right, with um, opposing mm -hmm. Neptune. Neptune and Pisces, you know, I think about, you know, that movie, um, Finding Nemo and all those, the sea turtles, and they're like cruising, man, they're just cruising. And they're like, hey, everything's cool. You know, it's like, and then Mercury yeah. and Virgo was like, details, you know, like, can you give us some advice about how to navigate? It's a short transit, you know, it's quick, Mercury's quick, but um, what it kind of- a uh, transit, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, um, um, I think, you know, like in those two positions, so Mercury rules Virgo, Mercury's in its own sign, Neptune rules Pisces, it's in its right. own sign. That's powerful. So, you know, how to regulate, because the whole thing with Virgo and Pisces is always this thing about order and chaos. Yes. Right? You know, do I done made or do I make my bed? Do I wash my hair today? Do I not? Do I do that? You know, it's that on, you know, it's that, that battle. And so the thing is, I think fine, you know, the opposition is always this full moon moment, right? It's like, it's, can, so it's easy to project, especially if you're in a relationship or you live with somebody, you go like, oh, you know, you're the dirty one. I'm like, oh, you know, I keep, I see you, da, 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 da. You know, usually there's a resonance on both sides. Right. But the thing is like how to create the balance in it, how to create like, you know, okay, so give that Mercury in Virgo some work to do. Right. And then sit down with your glass of wine, maybe a doobie, I don't know. Right. Have a nice meal and watch your favorite movie or snuggle up with the person you love or read a good book like Astrological Mavericks or- Right, Astrological <laughs> Mavericks to satisfy the Mercury in Virgo, right? Read that and then have your glass of wine. That's a perfect example, Michael. I couldn't have thought of a better one. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know, I always, I remember um, my, um, uh, second astrology teacher, he, um, Andrew, he's so wonderful. He, he always says, um, you know, with um, esoteric astrologer, by the way, um, he said that um, in an opposition, uh, one energy gets expressed at the expense of the other. Mm -hmm. So you could get too critical with my Mercury and Virgo, right? Like you said, pointing, projecting, rah, 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 rah. and then uh, Neptune and Pisces, you could be too easy. So it's like finding that middle, like a, like a violin string. If it's too soft, you can't hear the music. If it's tuned too tightly, then it'll snap. So it's like, where is that middle ground? You know, so how the do you formula for that? I love that you brought us up the esoteric part because the thing is, it's about it's about the second ray, right? You know, so it's about bringing love in, bringing love in. You know, so it's bringing love in and bringing finding that way of having the compassion in it, so that it isn't that kind of like 
and one at the expense of the other, but one working with the other or one in the support of, because, you know, that Pisces Virgo axis is, is, you know, is a service axis, right? But what I've learned over the years, because I have five planets in those two signs, <laughs> um, right. is that self-service is really crucial, meaning you, how does one go about doing win-win situations? Those of us who are here to be of service to others, if we aren't of service to ourselves, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, Virgo, that Mercury and Virgo is really good about self-care, right? You know, am I eating the right kind of diet? Is, am I listening to the right kind of music that makes me feel better? Am I watching the right kind of TVs and movies that make me feel good? Am I interacting with individuals who are feeding me rather than taking away from me individuals like, you know, psychic vampires? You know, those of us who have a lot of planets in these two signs tend to have a lot of psychic vampires around us because we're really good at feeding a lot of people literally energetically so it's like yeah. you know, okay getting rid losing of losing ourselves in that yeah you can't yeah. lose yourself you want to serve but you don't want to lose yourself in service you know or lose yourself from, from your heart but not like at the expense of oh my god i'm so ungrounded and i need to eat not at the know, expense never at the expense of the self if you do any of the expense of the self then you're not then it's not um then there's another there's something else going on other than you really being of service there's another yeah it's like on. well it's a whole sabotage yeah, which is another ver um, Pisces trait, right? Got to watch that sabotage and it can be very slick. But if I give you everything, then you'll love me. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if it weren't for that uh, axis, where would we have country Western songs? Would that There would be no lyrics of us. Oh, honey, you're everything. Yeah, and we also need. wouldn't have Christianity, so. <laughs> what was that? We wouldn't have Christianity. Right. So. Right. We wouldn't have a lot of things, right? So, right. yeah, that, that, that uh, axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and having faith, too, comes up for me, too, with you know that the whole piscean when if we're so obsessed and anxiety ridden about details and thinking and overthinking you know it could be a real mercury and virgo shadow side is that we overthink things and so with that opposition with neptune hey you want that opposition there's that balancing act where it's like don't be so hard on yourself don't criticize so hard. take it easy Right. And also, you know, in, in astrology really teaches us is, you know, how to have the blending of awareness, right? To me, those are two, having Mercury in Virgo and having Neptune and Pisces, I'm getting goosebumps again. That's an amazing, amazing level of perception, right? You, right. you can go in and be as amazingly discriminating as possible and also observe this amazing large field. I mean, these are, it's, it's, it's Neptune and Hermes. These guys were brothers. Right. Oh, so okay. they, they, they understand, they understand when they're and they're in their own realm. So there's this really powerful way. Neither one of them is really going to give it up for the other one. Merc but, but it's also mutable. And right. both these planets are really highly mutable, you know? So there's this fluidity there's, you know, it can't help get, get, but get resolved. You, if you put water in something, water is, is going to keep the form of whatever Shape. you put it in. So, and, you know, especially with Neptune and Neptune's getting ready to go retrograde next month, I believe. So, mm. you know, which then mostly outer, mostly outer planets are in this retrograde motion. You know, this is, you know, again, these other things of like, you know, how do we, you know, it's really time to balance this thing of like, okay, doing some things for a little bit and then really taking care of ourselves, stepping back, eating right, resting, you know, what is your true play? What is your true work? What is your true rest? 
what is your true love and finding what those things are for yourself and honoring them in yourself. I think this is a really great time for that. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's a great time to buy that, buy your red wine and buy the copy of Astrological Moments. This isn't red wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to show that picture one more time because, you know, my background, what can I, I used to book publicity, Michael. That was my first start in the corporate world, book publicity. So you landed on the the old version. The first version is still available if you want to do it. Let me see. Let me see what it looks like. Okay. There's the first version. Oh, this is a beautiful, I love the cover. So the cover is basically all the individual's names across the uh, Crab uh-huh. Nebula. Oh, beautiful. So Lovely, lovely. And it's just all words, basically. I didn't, I mean, it's I would all love words. To, oh, Michael, it is a book. I would love to put <laughs> images of individuals, but you know, the thing is you get in all this copyright thing. I really wanted to put sure. like, you know, one of my examples in the very beginning talks about um, Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Sun okay. and Scorpio on the Ascendant. What did she do? She transformed herself for the whole world to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect example. Mars is the ruler. Well, decathlon athlete in the Olympics. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I love how it all fits together. Oh, well, that was cool. Thank you so much for that. Was a fun episode. We had so much, I, I always, we always chatting so much, with you early on. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yay. Oh, so, <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, um, so now we know we have our marching orders. What to, um, <laughs> with our, our um, and our advice, and uh, yeah, I think we could have a lot of fun uh, reading this book. So, um, astrological, astrological Mavericks, um, by Michael Bartlett. So, all right, guys. Well, that wraps up another edition of Star Sound Speaks, and I'm very grateful for for every everyone. And uh, the next edition, we're going to be having. Um, uh, oh, of course, we'll be talking about the full moon coming up. So that'll be um, exciting. Yes, a very intense full moon. Uh, so anyway, that's all for now. And I appreciate everybody. Um, if you have any comments or questions or anything, you can always um, you know, shoot us an email. Michael, what is your email address, by the way? I'm Michael at coremichael.com. at C-O-R-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L.com. Perfect. Thank you. And mine is below Irliana at starsoundastrology.com. And let us know how are you doing or what you're taking on in this, uh, the Mercury um, Neptune opposition and, and whatever else you want to share. You can always, you know, in your below in that. And don't forget to hit subscribe and you can subscribe to the channel and get updates and alerts on all the cool, juicy things. So anyway, that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. This is... Irliana and Michaels bidding you adieu, adieu, adieu. (laughs) Have a great one, guys. See you next time. Take care.